Hello, everybody. Welcome back. After a much-deserved week off, the Auxiliary Gate podcast is open for business. I'm CC Broadus, and I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. But I'm glad my counterpart has joined me, Alan Schneider. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm I'm great, uh, CC. Uh, we did take a, a, a small hiatus or whatever. It's kind of, we're Kentucky horse racing guys, so there has been a whole lot to talk about of late. But we do have a little something Kentucky related to talk about today. So we're back and going to run through something real quick here, in addition to some other things, hopefully. Well, I'm very uh, I'm very upset. I've had a bad day. Oh, I'm probably going to say a few things I didn't mean. I hope I don't hurt your feelings. Okay. Uh, in the next 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's been one of them days. I left my iPod or my iPad at the office. So my past performances are there, all my notes. Oh. Um, yeah, but I'm going to do everything from memory today. And That's one thing real quick. Uh, CC and I go over these races ahead of time and, you know, we know these horses, these trainers back and forth. So he says he has an iPad. He's like me. He can take his iPad with him. And he can do these things from memory. Win or lose, we can do this stuff from memory if we if we really had to. It's it's sad, but we're eidetic in that regard. And I know CC is too, so don't listen to him too much. I don't even know what eidetic means, but I'm gonna go with it. Does that mean, mean like? Go ahead. Uh, you can remember things that are important to you, uh, from way back when or whatever. You know, uh, you know. I guess I can't explain eidetic that well, but you get the picture. Sheldon Cooper on Big Bang Theory had an eidetic memory. Does that give you any? That uh, help? It nothing to do with like mushing husky dogs, right? Like that. I, I did a rod. I did a That's rod. That's the I did a rod. I got you. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, uh, since our last pod, we made a foray to Ellis Park. Uh, I got to spend the weekend there, which I absolutely love. I love going to Henderson, spending time in Evansville. There's it's it's like the perfect country town for me. It's it's uh, just nothing to do really. Just you know, it's just like home, but it's just it's it's home away from home for me. And uh, got to uh, got to spend some time at Ellis Park. I love the people at Ellis Park. I think amen. Uh, the it's it's just a cool place to hang out. Uh, a little disappointed with the management of Ellis Park because they've not put a dime into anything there yet, uh, and they've owned it now for this is going on the second racing season. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. The place is a dump. Uh, it's it's cool. It's a cool place. It's like you know, it's what racing was 30, 40 years ago. But uh, you know, the bathrooms and the plumbing are absolutely atrocious, and it's just the no infrastructure at all. There's a lot of peeling paint. Uh, the the nicest place in the whole facility is would be you guessed it the mm-hmm. slot machine lounge or whatever they call it now the the, the hhr room uh the they, they they have installed some some decent uh flat screen tvs but uh, uh even in the simulcast area though there was some really bad old older tv screens it's just it's they, they need to they need to put a little money into it like they promised i think they promised a 55 million dollar upgrade and uh, i don't know that they've put in 5500 yet so yeah uh, i agree but, it uh, pains us to say that it pains us to say that but it's the truth and I, we we found out just by going down there those people love that place the the, mm-hmm. the fans it's important there. to them it's important it's to them very important to them is it that the the sunday crowd may have been bigger than the saturday crowd and 
it, it's yeah that's i love going down there going to try to make one more trip at least and uh yeah that's that's uh i have no issues with with henderson kentucky and evansville indiana i think it's a fabulous place to go just for just to relax for a couple of days i agree and you know again we've been fans of Ellis for a long time the racing here i mean I'm not going to lie. I've hardly played the track because not all of it's their fault. The weather has been a little tough at times, but outside of a couple of partial days, the, the wagering has been tough. We're, we're going to discuss the pick five they have coming up later uh, because we do think that sequence is okay uh, later on, but it does pain us to say these things because we do love it. We do care much like the people down there in Evansville and Henderson who really, really, I mean, that, that, that that's one of their mainstays. They love going out there. And we met uh, Jason and Justin Fisher, correct, uh, CC? That's the names. I got that right. Yeah, that's uh, right. Two guys from that area, just the most, the greatest people you've ever want to meet. Love the facility. Really know their horse racing, and uh, they they see it on a daily basis. They see it, and there's several other people like that. And there's, so I do hope the Ellis management has the ability to get some to get some infrastructure taken care of. Get paint that place. Get the pummeling going. Uh, the wagering, the wagering needs to be on an uptick. Let, let's face it, but the bare bones of the operations there. I mean, they've got a great turf course. Uh, it is a fun place to go. I uh, just hope that it catches up to what we've expected from them in the past. So we, we don't mean to bemoan the point because we do love it. I mean, uh, we're saying it because we care, and I know like guys like Justin and Jason do. So let's hope they get this thing rolling a little bit better. Well, yeah, it's been kind of a perfect storm this summer with Churchill closing the barn area, and it's kind of scattered barns throughout the uh, throughout the uh, the Midwest. Uh, you, you see a lot of trainers showing up at Colonial Downs, like we said. Michelle's gone there. Yes. Michelle's gone. Tomlinson and Dallas Stewart and John Ortiz have sent some horses there that that could have easily ran at Ellis. And uh, of course, you've got 19 other tracks running in in probably with an eight eight or nine hour drive of uh of louisville so it's not uh it's been a perfect storm for, to have a, a bad meet when you throw in the uh, the rain and and the off the turf and all that so it's you know we we have, may have to give them a mulligan this year but uh yeah we we've got our eye on you ellis we want you yeah. we, we want management to do a little bit better going forward agreed but agreed. uh uh we, there, there is some bad news in fact to report from ellis uh, uh last friday I believe while the the track maintenance crew was harrowing the track, uh, the uh, gentleman that was driving one of the tractors, I think he he had some type of medical issue and he and he ran into the rail with the tractor. I, that that man passed away today. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, Doris, I believe it was Doris Watson. Is that correct? I didn't catch the name, but uh, you're close. We uh, want to make sure. We show the man the utmost respect, obviously. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, Doris, his nickname was Heavy, Doris Watson, but he'd worked at Ellis for 20 years, and he passed away. So our condolences to his friends and family, and that was uh, that was a bad situation. Yeah. But uh, uh, on to uh, other things. Our podcast tonight is going to be about the Friday card, a rare opportunity to cover a Friday card and a rare opportunity to cover a pick five carryover of $14,000. And these, these carryovers are important because sometimes they negate a high takeout situation, which Ellis takes out 25% of all pick five wagers. It's 
little bit on the high side. Well, it's a lot on the high side. They need they need to cut that thing down to about 15% to match the other racetracks in the, in the country. Canterbury is even better than that, like 12%, 11% maybe. Um, but uh, a carryover is just dead money that, like I said, it negates the racetrack's takeout. So uh, here's a good opportunity to maybe, maybe hit, a, hit a pick five. It's not a real tough card. It's not an easy card by any stretch, but I think uh, for me, I'm going to look at it as a way maybe to, uh, to maybe make five, six, seven hundred dollars off of a smallish ticket under a hundred dollars. Uh, but uh, uh, before we dive into the card, the pick five starts with race four. Correct. Race four, five, six, seven, and eight. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to take. Oh no. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Uh, of the five races that make up the sequence, which, in your opinion, is the most apt to produce a chaotic result, and gotcha. which which is the which is the race that you think may produce the shortest price? Hmm. I like the way you phrase that because I would I would say that some of these fields are shortish, but it's in sometimes it's in the seven horse races per se where you can have a quote-unquote chaotic result because that's where you'll have a race where you'll have two or three favorites and everybody will use those two or three horses. And it's that fourth or fifth choice that comes in that actually provides a little bit of quote-unquote chaos in a short field. Um, I guess, though, I would have to say the most chaos would be in the last race because my single's in that last race, and it's a long shot, so I guess I have to – I would have to say the last race, but – if I expect the horse to win, which I don't really, I shouldn't say I expect the horse to win. I don't know if I can call it chaotic or not, but uh, yeah, give me the last race, I suppose. What about you? For me, I had the most problems with race five. Uh, and we'll talk about it shortly. Yeah. Race five yes, is- I agree. I, I'd like to take back my, because I have an idea what I want to do in the last race. And that's all I come down to. I can ride or die with the horse I like. The fifth race, I would say, is. It's potential, even though it's a short field, it's potentially the most wide open. I, I would, I would agree with that. And then for me, race six is the one I'm going to lean on. I think that's the one I can. But you know, that's the one I'm going to lean on uh, as far as uh, narrowing my ticket count. Uh, I would, I would think that maybe the the one, the shortest price I think I like in the sequence that I would, that I would bet to win on my own would probably be the, I guess you call it the feature race, the seventh race, perhaps. That might be of, of the selections I will probably make. That would probably be the shortest price. So that's that's where I would say the race seven. But even that's a bit of a stretch. So well, let's kick it off here with uh, race four. And this is optional claimer, forty thousand uh, non-winners of two fillies and mares three and up, which have never won seventy-five hundred dollars twice, and the distance is six furlongs on the dirt course. And the likely morning line, well, the morning line favorite and the likely favorite is number four, Perfect Happiness, who hails from the Brad Cox barn. This filly was last seen racing against her stablemate, Cinnabunny. Perfect Happiness had this filly beat Cinnabunny. Uh, the Cinnabunny was like two to five, I believe, three to five, if my memory serves me correct, maybe one to five. Cinnabunny was beaten. And perfect happiness just could not put her away. 
and Cinnabony actually re-rallied to retake the lead and won the race. It was a nice effort by Perfect Happiness. I always thought a lot of this filly back when she debuted at Oaklawn. Uh, I think she won uh, she won some races there. I thought she might be a contender, but she she I don't think she mentally had it all put together. Uh, so she shows up here. She's going to be the favorite. Florent Giroux rides. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on perfect happiness, and then can we beat her? And if we can beat her, who do we beat her with? This is a seven-horse race, as I mentioned earlier. Ordinarily, like, eh, I think it's a pretty good seven-horse race, got to be honest with you. I think perfect happiness from the last race, the way she runs up on the pace, Brad Cox, Florent Giroux, both those guys are hovering around near 50%. 40 to 50 percent, the horse is going to be favored. Uh, there's a possibility uh, the horse could bounce after such a, a such a big effort, and I think this field's a little bit deeper than it than it appears. I'm going to lean on two in here. I think there's probably five that can win the race. Uh, perfect happiness is obvious is obvious. I, I'd hate to leave that one out, even though I think the horse can get hammered. Probably get overbet. To, uh, to, in that three to four to five range, I could see that happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. The one I think who sits the trip and is in good form, even though the numbers look slow, is right to her outside, the number five horse, break curfew. I personally have undersold this horse. I thought this was the, the type of horse always runs second, third, would never really threaten to win. I liked the race last time. Corey Lannery got on her rotor. I think in this race, even though it's a bit of a step up in class, she moves up a condition. You're, you, you're going to see perfect happiness go to the front, and you're going to see recoded, probably who has been jeopardized by being stuck inside in pay stools, is going to draw directly outside of perfect happiness. So I could see perfect happiness getting the lead and recoded, who I do give a shot to simply because of the trip, sitting right to her flank. And then I think the way the pace sets up is uh, break curfew sits third off of them and may push by late. So my top selection would be break curfew from a pace and perspective. I do think they've got to beat perfect happiness. I think recoded is drawn well. And that leaves me not even mentioned Sterling Miss, who's dropping in class off a couple double efforts. And a girl named Patsy, who's been very good to me in the past uh, year. That horse is a half to, uh, and by the same connections who have uh, greatest stakes uh, turfer, Secret message. Uh, this war, a girl named Patsy loves to run on the inside. She draws the rail here today, so you can expect that horse. That not not to hurt that horse at all. So I'm telling you, I like five horses. I'm going to lean on two. I'm going to lean on Break Curfew and Perfect Happiness. But Recoded scares me from a pace standpoint as well. How about did you? you? Did you get uh, tutored by Brandon on that race? I know, I know, but you picked five of them. I picked two. I'm leaning on two. I'm, I'm probably just going to use the two. Yeah. But yeah, I know I wanted to, I wanted to give uh, a mention to all those horses. I, I can't leave out girl named Patsy. She's been too good to me in the past. Well, but yeah, yeah. I, I like Break Curfew is the one I like the most. I'm interested that the that you left out the one that I kind of like the most myself is uh, Queen Bridges Sterling Miss. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you why, but go ahead. Well, so she ran a monster race opening night at Churchill. Rolled up the rail, got beat by Byroness and Lady Rocket. Lady Rocket won next time out. Byroness, I think, was a stakes filly. And I know she beat, I believe she beat Swiss Skydiver at some point uh, as a two-year-old. Uh, she bounced off that effort. 
uh, ran eighth in a really, really competitive allowance race going seven furlongs and may have had some trouble in that start. And then, then came came back and ran uh, fifth, beating six links again at the same level in 2X. Had, had some issues. Churchill kind of favored speed toward the end of the meet. And I, you know, she's, she's a come from behind her. I think Ellis's park, Ellis's track is, has uh, evened out a little bit. So I think she, mm-hmm. she has a better shot here. Uh, early on, it looked like it was favoring speed as well, but I think, I think it's evened out. So, you know, I, I, these older bears, I think sometimes they cycle back into efforts. It's been three months since she ran that, that monster at Churchill. So maybe she cycles back up to a, to a, a nice effort here and she's 10 out of 30 lifetime. So in, you know, nine out of 20 on a fast track. So she's got some, uh, that's pretty impressive actually nine out of 20. She's almost 50% on, on dry dirt racetrack. So I, Sterling miss is going to be my top pick. Perfect happiness. I would not single her. I think no, uh, I'm going to use her. She should have won that last race. I don't know what happened. She had, she had Cinnabunny put away. And let her get back into the race. Uh, break curfew is one that I think might be just a hair slow. She got a perfect trip last time, and got a really good ride from Landry. And she, I don't think she beat a whole lot. She should have won that race. I think she went off two to one because uh, she just the runner-up efforts. Uh, but uh, well, yeah. let me uh, throw this at you real quick. The reason I I shot away from Sterling Miss, even though. I can see that horse definitively beating me. I'm not saying that I'm not going to include the horse. And I can't use a few because I'm going to double single later. Um, first off, the last two have been kind of dull. That last race, uh, it may have been kind of a skewed race because Jungle Juice went wire to wire. But it seems like she's tailed off the last two. And she's running for the tag, the 40,000 tag. Uh, most, I think the rest of these are not. That's the only horse in the race. Of course, I trust Greg Foley. So that horse is running for the tag. And I settled on break curfew from a pace perspective. I, I thought the two horses I mentioned would be on a front. I thought break curfew would be in the right spot again, which may even things out for her. I see girl named Patsy and Sterling Miss at the back of the pack. So I just thought break curfew might get first run. So, I mean, I could use five here. I'm not going to. Uh, that's just too many. But the two that I mentioned, break curfew and uh, perfect happiness, I kind of have to lean on. So that's my explanation for not putting Sterling Miss near the top. All right, so on your main ticket, how many of these would you use, and who are they again? On a main ticket, on a main ticket, uh, just a break curfew and perfect happiness. I don't, I'm not going to touch on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna throw 50, 60 bucks at it or whatever. So I'm gonna keep it fairly simple, I think. For me, I would use number one, girl named Patsy. Number three, Sterling Miss. Number four, perfect happiness. And if you're playing. If you're if you're able to watch the live feed, keep an eye on the price on Recoded. I've noticed over the years anything from Eric Foster that is live will get some early play, and and I think her morning line is just about right. I think maybe six to one, eight to one. If she's two to one, three to one early, you might consider throwing her in. Just watch the daily double probables and stuff like that. I think she draws. I think this horse draws, but the horse gets stuck, got battled, stuck inside last time. I could see sitting a better trip on the outside. Be able to watch perfect happiness. I don't know if she's good enough, uh, but I, yep. if I put in a third horse, it would be recorded. 
Well, she likes to win. She's seven yeah. out of twenty lifetime. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'd keep an eye on her. Uh, just keep an eye on the wagering. If if you can afford to go four deep, that'd be that'd be one to use. All right, race five, six and a half furlong. N one X or a other than the racetrack people like to say, Phillies and Marys three and up. Six and a half furlongs on the dirt. The morning line favorite is number six, Gianna's Gift, nine to five, for Jerome Trailer Park Trash Miller. Oh wow! Yeah, we need to get him on the show. I think he's I think, a he's a former professional wrestler, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he, and he does a good job. Yeah, I, so, I, I've watched his horse here. He does a good job. So he, this one is uh, nine to five morning line. You get John Court. She is she's won. One of her last four starts, one of well, yeah, one of her last four to finish second in the uh, the other three. Uh, it's type of filly that gives ground late. That's the only thing I don't like about her. But she's turning back. Uh, that that win at Churchill was pretty good. She beat six others that that day, but I don't know if she beat a whole lot. She she earned a nice speed figure. Uh, where are we in race five? And I thought this was the most difficult race on the card. Yeah, you alluded to it earlier. It's I think it's the toughest one on the card. I've been a fan of Gianna's gifts the last four or five uh, tries, and I think I've better the last three. Uh, but she's no cinch in here. I mean, I think the race is too evenly matched to just use her by all by all imagination. I mean, uh, hindsight for Vicky Oliver is rounding back into the form. She she looked good last year. I think this horse wants to sprint. They got her sprinting last time. So it was an improved effort. So you might see a, a good effort from hindsight. What you will notice is Rafael Bejarano is not on hindsight. He usually rides for Vicky Oliver. He's got some issues going on right now, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe he's been banned from Ellis Park. So you see James Graham taking the call. Uh, hindsight's going to be tough. I, I, Wesley Hawley, you know who I love, Duplicitous, I think, runs to the race. He ran three back. Uh, he's going to be tough. I can't see this Chad Brown Clairvich horse with Chris Landerell's eight to one in the morning line off who's one for one lifetime. I can't see this horse being eight to one. It, this is a cluster F of a race. In my opinion, I uh, didn't even mention Brad Cox on the outside or a, the horse that was claimed on the rail. Um, Sapphire royalty come off a big win. This is my obligatory spread race. I don't have a strong opinion. I can even make a case for Paula Lobo's horse. He might be the one that ended up on the cutting block if I were to leave one off simply because he's turning back, but I could make see that horse winning. Uh, it's not much of a help. I, I just don't have a strong opinion here. Yep, you're going to have to spread with a broad brush uh, as far as I'm concerned. I think anything could win this race. Uh, you know, risk models going to take some action on the outside from Brad Cox barn. There's no telling what you're going to get here. I mean, she's not been very good. She's just been average at Belmont and Aqueduct, uh, but you, you do get Giroux. This Philly's been working at uh, Indiana, uh, but you know I don't I don't she doesn't th- th- those past performances don't inspire a lot of co- uh, confidence no. to me. But uh, and you mentioned hindsight, uh, Bayrano is uh, yeah he's he's been banned from Ellis for playing patty cake with a with a fan. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, I, I've never been a fan of this filly. And number three, downside protection is uh, she broke her maiden her first start, but that was at Monmouth. If this filly was worthy of uh, 
of a of being in the uh, A string for Chad Brown. He, you know, she wouldn't be at Ellis. But and I can't leave her out, right? I mean, in this well, race, I can't leave. Her. I mean, if the race falls apart, she could she could pick him up late. So, and uh, you know, Sapphire Royalty's last win at Ellis. We, we've seen claimers uh, move up in the lounge company over the years and 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 win these types of spots. So yeah, it, this is a spread race for me. Uh, if, if, I even like Duplicitous a little bit. I mean, I think you could, uh, if you like hindsight, you got to like Duplicitous because she finished, you know, within two links of her. And uh, she may be, uh, she may be ready to cycle back to a, to a nice victory. So, or to a nice effort anyway. So, yeah, I have no opinion here. That's, so I'm going to hit the all button if I can. Yeah, see, I don't like doing that ordinarily. But I, I, as I mentioned, I'm going to double single later. So I, if I'm if I'm just trying to lie that double single, and at that at that point, I mean, it's a long shot. I'm going to close it out anyway. So I'm not going to let this race beat me in a race where you also see Brad Cox and Chad Brown. So naturally, people are going to put them on their ticket. So if you could beat one of those two guys with a lo- lesser named trainer, you know, it's going to enhance your chances. So yeah, just let me just I'll buy the race because it's not going to cost me anything with the way I'm structuring this uh this hopeless ticket. <laughs> race six five and a half on the turf for maiden three and up and i believe the morning line favorite is number six prairie from the all-star barn a well-bred son of warfront have a pulpit mare but he's old for six lifetime and recently was the beaten favorite at five to two at churchill in this similar type of race uh the uh, race won by point me by i believe from the Brendan Walsh or Brian Lynch? Brendan Walsh. Brandon Walsh. Yeah, Purple Dream comes from Palo Lobo. That horse ran a ran a really nice effort that day, but Purple Dream came back to finish off the board at Ellis in this same type of spot. It was a very disappointing effort. So Prairie is your morning line favorite and will take a lot of action. Uh, I have a, a, a potential wild single here, maybe not too wild, but uh, I'll let you go first and I'll give you my single. I'll tell you what, I was had a potential wild single in this race, too, um, you know, because at 10 to 1, I thought Steely Danza, you know, could be the boss in here, uh, in all honesty. Uh, I don't know if that's the one you were thinking about, but uh, I really liked that last race. He wouldn't get, it was the brilliant racing guys, Joe Christopher, Greg Foley, and those guys. Uh, the horse, there wasn't much in that last uh, race that he came out, but they these the top two uh, Steely Danza and Espionage for, I believe, Stone Street battled all the way around the track. They were well clear of the rest of the field. It was a it was a tough luck loss for Steely Danza. Uh, the horse looked like he was going to go by uh, several times down the stretch, but this class dropper for Stone Street just wouldn't let him by. So 10 to 1 in the morning line, that that opens my eyes. I'll definitely have Steely Danza on the ticket. Um, the aforementioned Prairie has had a hard time breaking its maiden. Looked like the turn back might have helped last time. Horse shot to the front. I'm not going to hold the fact that they got beat three lengths against her in this case because the horse that beat her, I think, was, was the first time starter by uh, Walsh, as you just mentioned. I think that horse might be kind of special. So I give Prairie a little, even though she's only two to one in the morning line, I give her a look here. Um, Mackay for Jordan Blair. Jordan Blair does really well at turf sprinters. This horse had a big second last year at the Kentucky Downs to Royal Prince, who is a stakes quality horse for Brad Cox. So you, I think you have to use Mackay. Uh, Op-Ed, Adam Schitza, Paul Lobo. I've said it before, Paul Lobo gets these uh, 
second tier OXO horses. Either the first time starters of the reclamation projects, and he does very well with them. This horse costs seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. These horses fire for Apollo. Uh, so there's four I like. I've got to have right there. And then the rail horse, they've got Ian Wilkes. It was a first time starter at five to two in the morning line for Julian LePeru. So those are the five for me. Number one thirty-eight. I, I like Steely Danza the most. That's the best price. But once again, I'm going to go double single on the last two legs. So I would use the five I just mentioned. The one, the four, the six, the seven, the eight, and I wait with gilded anticipation to see your wild single. Well, the number seven, Makai, is the one that I kind of like the most in here. I don't blame you. I don't blame this you. Son of hit hit it a bomb. Hit it a bomb. Stood for five thousand dollars in his first season, I do believe. Maybe it was ten thousand. But this uh, this three year old colt sold for one hundred forty thousand dollars at Keeneland, and that's that was quite a few times the stud fee. So this horse obviously looks pretty good in the flesh, and we get first Lasix uh, blinkers on. Go back to that start at September seventh at Kentucky Downs. This is the crazy race, right? This is the one they the the, the gate wasn't charged up properly and it opened too quick, so. There was supposed to have been 12 in the race, and two of them got left behind the starting gate. Uh, one of them broke absolutely poorly, and then just about everybody else was caught off guard. Uh, but Mackay made made his way to the lead at some point during the race. Uh, he was forwardly placed, and you know looked like he was going to hold on. And, and, and the horse that beat him was Royal Prince, who's a stakes horse. I don't know if he's a I can't remember if he's a stakes winner now, but he's he's definitely been placed in a lot of stakes races on grass. And that was for Brad Cox. And this horse absolutely bowled over the field late when he when he finally found racing room. But Mackay ran second in that start. Now, that was a pretty good effort, uh, unfortunately. I'm for with you. That's, that was a $125,000 or $100,000 purse. What was a $90,000 purse? And they finished second. Should have got about $18,000 in purse money. And unfortunately, I think they wound up getting five. The whole field got five apiece. Out of, that, out of that mess, but uh, so something happened to the horse. He got injured, and now they're bringing him back. And I like that uh, Castanon is going to show up to ride. I think Jordan Blair is a is a fantastic young trainer, and he's he's worked for Mike Maker and Michael Ann Ewing, and and he's uh, he doesn't get the the cream of the crop. This may be one of the maybe the most expensive horse he's ever trained, but uh, I think this horse uh, has a look. And I don't think there's a whole lot in here. So I will take Makai on my main ticket and single there. If I were using others, I would consider using number four, Steely Danza, who showed new new signs of life in that uh, Maiden 30, the, the drop down. And, and he's, he's got some turf breeding. Uh, and I would use, of course, number six, Prairie, on a minor ticket, just because that horse probably he probably fits in here. So yeah, he does. Yeah, too so, well bred not to run better than he's been running. Yeah, but Makai is going to be my single. I'll, I I got to be honest with you, if, if I was if this was a race I was going to try a single, it would be either Makai or Steely Dance, because this is a place where you might find that 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 really good alternative single, and I, I'll. I, you think Makai goes off at eight to one, or Steely Danza goes off ten to one? No, you if they're alive, they're not going to go off that anyway. They're going to go off three to one, four to one. So, 
But uh, yeah, I, I, like I think Makai will play really well in the in the pick five. Agreed. Same for Steely Dan's. I think he would play really well if you get if you get hit either one of them. Yeah. When I think uh, of I, I think of yes, it's ginger. I think yes, it's ginger kind of came came to life at Ellis. Was it last summer maybe or the year before? Yeah, on the turf for Brilliant yeah. Racing and yeah. uh, Greg Foley. And again, they they were well clear of. Um, if I was just, and I'm saying I'm going to double single. And I probably will. But if I was just going to narrow this race down and I just had to use two, I would use Makai and Steely Dance and try to get that uh, that uh, that separator in there. But, uh, again, Prairie Prairie deserves love, as does Op-Ed. Op-Ed is scary because it's it's OXO. But uh, Makai and Steely Dance both have big chances, in my opinion. Race seven. A other than six furlongs on the dirt. Three and up for the males. A very good betting race again. Only a seven horse field. The favorite on the outside is Derby Date, Calumet Farm, and Jack Sisterson. You get Declan Cannon. This horse finished second last time to my man Flintstone, who knocked me out of a pick four. I'm fairly certain that day. Uh, prior to that, finished fourth to Aloha West. And prior to that, he broke his maiden to Keeneland by a nose, going six furlongs. Derby Date is two to one on the morning line. But uh, this race is deeper than that, I think. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, this is where I'm going to try to maybe take a single. If you wanted to feel safe, you'd probably use six in here, to be honest, five or six. It's too many for me. And um, I'm going with the horse that impresses, impressed me visually last time. A horse I know has got back class. And most of these horses in this race – are coming out of the same race. They're all good horses. It was a good race last time, the one that my man Flintstone won. Uh, but there's one horse that does not, did not come out of the race who came out of a 10,000 starter last time for Norm Cassie named uh, Jack Van Berg after the legendary trainer. Uh, hit Jack Van Berg's son used to train this horse, I'm not mistaken, Tom Van Berg. But I remember hearing on the radio, listening to Norm Cassie talk uh, when this horse was acclaimed. They just got him to barn. They, like, they knew he was good. They knew they had something pretty good. But they needed a race or two maybe to figure him out. And that, that first race for Norm Cast, I think they kind of saw it. They shot him to the lead. He, he kind of stopped. I think they learned something from the horse. They put him back at Ellis next time. And I think that was, yeah, starter company for 10000 Put Giroux on him. Horse sat off the pace just a hair and blew. I just visually looked good. On the turn for home, you knew the horse was a winner. It was one of those commanding efforts. Uh, it's a big jump up now from starter company. Well, it's not a big jump up. I'm starter company yeah, this allowed. It's not really that big a jump. I no. don't think. I mean, I think to most people it'll look like one, but this is uh, is this one X? My reading glasses uh, tell me that it is indeed a one X. Uh, so I don't think it's it's not the huge jump that it appears. He just looks like such a commanding presence. I don't think there's a ton of pace in this race. I actually would hope maybe someone like Big Nick on the rail could get the lever. Drew could sit right off, but uh, I, I like what I saw from Jack Van Berg last time. The horses, when he gets in a groove, he can roll off some wins. So give me Jack Van Berg as uh, my first of two singles in I this like spot. Even, a lot. Uh, huh? I like that single a whole lot. I think uh, we're not too far removed no. years ago from uh, there was I can't remember the name of the horse, but he was a nickel claimer, and he won for five thousand at Ellis. Uh, Went wire to wire. They they brought him back in an allowance race, a nickel claimer, brought back into an allowance race, and he went wire to wire again. So it's not. Yeah. This is a a little bit better class of horse. We know Norm Cassie can can uh, get these horses in a groove, 
And I think, you know, Jack Van Berg's the got to be the top pick. The only other one that I really like is number two, Edge to Edge. Reeled off two straight wins at Churchill. And then finished fourth at Ellis. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know what happened, there, but maybe he needed the – Needed the start, or maybe he bounced off uh, the big win at uh, at Churchill. But uh, I think if this race falls apart, edge to edge, if ridden correctly, maybe just uh, let allowed to relax. Maybe he can mm-hmm. pass. So, you know, for me, I I would only go too deep here. Uh, oh, Chotsky, number three, Chachki. He's just you know he he goes through the motions. He's a nice horse, but he's just he's you know he he might hit the board. Something like that. Brew Crew broke his maiden for 50. Now they're moving him back up. I mean, I assume he, he may have a shot, uh, but he's one for 10 lifetime. Uh, and then the others, I, I, I don't care for Derby Date. I don't want him at two to one. I mean, he can win the race, but you got to make you got to make cuts somewhere and stuff. Well, so. yeah, my, my ticket's going to just, yeah, if I, if I had any more, my ticket's going to get out of hand. So, yeah, uh, for me, I would take edge to edge and number two, edge to edge, number four, Jack Van Berg. Let me ask, uh, can, yeah, can you name? Oh, I'm sorry. You want to name a seahorse? Is that what you wanted to do? No, 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 no. Name some horses Jack Van Berg trained. I mean, obviously, Ali Sheba. He trained Gate Dancer. I honestly didn't know that. Yeah, Gate Dancer won the Preakness, and he was well, second or third in the Breeders' Cup Classic twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, uh, oh, boy. I should uh, know more off the top of my head, but it's escaping me outside of Ali Sheba. I think he trained a filly named Allie's Bell. That was a half to Ali Sheba or a full to Allie Sheba. Uh, you caught me off guard. Yeah, Jack Van Berg, uh, what did he win, like 7,000 races? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was uh, Yeah, he was one of the, the greats of all time. But, yeah, they, no doubt, uh, Allie Sheba's Derby. Uh, uh, if, you, if you get a chance, go watch that on YouTube. And, uh, you know, that, that could have been one of the, the greatest disasters in – modern horse racing history. Ali Sheba was gaining ground on the outside of Bet Twice. Bet Twice swerved out in front of him, causing Ali Sheba to stumble at the eighth pole. And Ali Sheba picks himself up, runs by Bet Twice late, and goes on to win. If Ali Sheba stumbles and, and throws Chris McCarron, he's got sixteen horses behind him that could have trampled. Yes. So that could have been that could have been a derby disaster. It turned out as one of the one of the most legendary rides ever so very true all right in most american racetracks race number eight follows race number seven and that that is no different here this is not necessarily not necessarily didn't happen to colonial this week did it at colonial downs right well you have race six followed race three instead of four (laughs) it's odd to me but whatever uh, Phillies and Mares, mile on the turf. It's an interesting race. It's got some nice pedigrees in here. Uh, I know you you you've already told me you've called your shot in here, but uh, there, there's some others in here. We'll let you we'll let you go first, and then uh, yeah, I'll, I'll back clean up. I, I'm not good. I'm not confident in this selection. And again, if I decide to single Jack Van Berg, you know, maybe I restructure the ticket. It's Tuesday when we're taping this, folks. So, you know, scratches we made. We do believe we do believe the track will be fast. It's supposed to be hot and sunny all week, so we shouldn't have any issues with that. So as of right now, this is my single late in the day. And it's 12 to 1 in the morning line. Uh, it's La Bella Rosa for Mark Cassie and Chris Landeros. 
Uh, I think there's several of us in here that are going to take money. We're going to try to, if we're on a smaller ticket, if I, I'm not going to put in a lot of money, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to try to hit something worth, worthwhile. So this is the one that fits the bill for me. Um, the Ellis Turf course, it really didn't do it the other day, but when they have raced on the turf, speed has been fairly dominant most times. This horse has speed. This horse is coming off a layoff where she showed speed as a two-year-old last year in two of her starts, and she did fade late in both. I don't like the way she faded in both, to be honest with you, but uh, she got better incrementally both times. She came out of the 12-hole down at uh, Keeneland and led till late in the stretch. Got Really gave up the lead late, blues by six lengths, but uh, in, her, in her debut at uh, Kentucky Downs, uh, she ran uh, a decent fourth to Fluffy Sox, who is a Chad Brown's multiple stakes winner now surrealist is a decent uh, ken mcpeak horse ran second too so the horse should get the lead out of the starting gate it's got chris lane darrells who has been on fire at ellis uh not just because we've had him on the show and we like chris no he's been on fire he's 11 for 27 I, i'm not argue most of those wins are on the turf cassie has won several races had a good ellis meet and he traditionally runs very well on the ellis turf with these young horses so uh the horse gets lasix maybe that'll help his um uh, his quitting problem that he had as a two-year-old, if, if the if the surface is playing his speed, I mean, to me, you have to use this horse. What I don't like is he's been training for a while for his return to the races, and he's coming back in late July. And going back, there's a few blips in the work tab. I don't know what's happened there. And there's not been a work past four furlongs. I'm a little antsy about that. They're sending him a mile, and he has all four furlong works. So I do wonder about that a little bit, um, but that's at the price. When you factor in everything together, I'm more than willing to uh, ride or die with one horse I like in the last leg. I'm okay with that. If he wins, he wins. If he doesn't, he doesn't. So be it. But I'm going to take my shot with La Bella Rosa uh, for Mark Cass and Chris Landerals. Now There's a few others in here that can win, but that's where I'm going with. Yeah, my, my attitude toward this race, it's a little more chalky. It might be. That's why I want. That's why I want to be the. I want to have the offsetting single. What I hate here, though, the morning line favorite is number six, Miss Americana. I was hoping this Philly yeah. win the morning line favorite. I went back and watched that race, July eighth. It was uh, off the curve on the slop, and this Philly went to the lead, and I thought she ran really. She was really game throughout the race. Uh, was run down by a Philly named Bernadette the Jet. I think that Philly had been trying to break her maiden for quite a while. But uh, I think she was a heavy favorite in that spot, too. Miss Americana went off 7-2. Uh, but she she really she really ran well. She's bred for for grass. American Pharaoh has become more of a turf sire. And uh, I think I think this filly will appreciate the uh, the switch to grass. And, of course, the other one, the, the other obvious one is number one, Cashable. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Cashable is a daughter of hidden assets by, by Will Take Charge. The Will Take Charge uh, sire line would add uh, would add some stamina, I would think. But hidden assets has really been a really fine producer for Mr. Klein. And I was looking for well, a little page here. Listen to the horses that hidden assets has produced. Uh, Good Deed, Due mm-hmm. Date. Country Day. Country Day, I think, ran second in the Breeders' Cup uh, sprint. Yes. And cash control. So, you know, this she's an older mare, too. She's over over 20 years old. 
and uh but she's produced all those nice horses and then uh here we go with uh with uh cashable and she she ran okay in her first start i, I don't know what you would expect there from that that effort I, I, but uh cox goes to brian hernandez that, i think that's a good sign although where did Giroux wind up Giroux is usually riding for cox Giroux's not even in the in the race so i don't know Ooh. what to, i don't know what to make of that but uh yeah, I mean, I like Cash, but I think he, she's got a shot. The other one uh, I would probably use is number three, Pentagon, uh, for Reeve McGahee, Shug's son, $190,000 purchase, making second start. And, and like the others, uh, she, she raced in and off the turf at Ellis on July 1st, opening weekend. And she she ran fine. She finished third. I don't think it was a strong race, but. Uh, she came rolling late. She came rolling a little bit. She, she it took her a while to get going, but she she did close. Yeah, it was a heat for the win. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you might uh, expect some improvement here too out of this one. Uh, the, the dam of this one is Pursuit of Glory, and I'm looking at her up right now. As I recall, she's got a nice pedigree. This uh, this this filly, and I'm not smart enough to use the internet. Ah, here we go. <laughs> So Pursuit of Glory, uh, the Cyrus Fusaichi Pace, there's nothing nothing great about that. He he was kind of a dud during his dying career. But the the mother of Pursuit of Glory was Sophisticat, who was a stakes winner for uh, Tabor and Magnier and the Coolmore guys. And then Sophisticat's uh, dam was Serena Song, who's one of the, one of the great fillies of all time. So. I think this horse, uh, you know, he, she's, she, she's got some class uh, spread out throughout her pedigree. So I, I would expect uh, maybe we'll see something out of her in start number two. So if I could use, if I have to use three, I'm going to use number one, Cashable, number three, Pentagon, number six, Miss Americana. If I had room for one more, I think I would use number nine, Ice Queen. Mm-hmm. Ice Queen ran second in her first start at Saratoga. And then they moved her to Churchill, where she ran fifth behind Aunt Pearl, who went on to win the Rears Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf last year. And then second in that race was Gam's Mission, who's now a stakes winner for Cherie DeVoe. So, that, you know, she came back in a tough race. Then she got injured, uh, shows up at Ellis in the barn of Ben Colebrook, who usually races them in the shape. And she she ran sixth in a decent not a decent but not great Ellis Park maiden race. So you know, I would you know, just, you know what my hang up with that was with with Ice Queen uh, is it, if if I'm not mistaken that day was one of the ones I was talking about where speed was dominant correct if I believe that day and I believe the top two finishers in that race ran one two around the track and I think it was a Wesley Warhorse that just got to beat uh, the second place horse by nose I mean they were one two around the track Ice Queen was close to the pace that day. Yet on a speed favoring surface, she lost ground late. I never like to see that. That's not to say that the horse will not improve second time out by any stretch of the imagination. But that was my hang up with Ice Queen a little bit. Yeah, I mean I, I get that. I, it's interesting that she shows up in the Colbrook barn. Uh, I know the Harvey Clark was a, a client of Belmont for years. Uh, now he's passed away, and, and the filly shows up here, but. Uh, uh, Cole Brook and Colby Hernandez are 0 for 25 together. 0 for their last 25. So that's not that's not a good thing. But yes, uh, but uh, uh, Cole Brook and Colby teamed up at 
Churchill to lose a heartbreaker like 50 to 1 uh, by hair to a big Brad Cox horse because I had the super that day and he the horse run second and I thought the horse beat me. <laughs> but so they almost got to win together recently. I'm telling that horse lost by hair. I thought I got beat. I can't remember the name of the horse. You know who I'm talking about. I don't have an eidetic memory like you, and I did a ride memory like you do. But. Way to circle back. Way to circle back. Excellent. Very well done. All right. So, on that note, you're singling La Bella Rosa. I'm going three deep. Cashable, Pentagon, Miss Americana, in case of scratches, I would add Ice Queen, number nine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sounds uh, good. Yeah, don't. Now, here's the thing. Don't blow a lot of money on this sequence. I I would project unless something crazy happens. I mean, it could pay two thousand if you know. There's always a chance a, a double digit. It could. Crash party. I think it could pay three or four. Yeah, it, it could. could. Uh, I'm expecting it though. I would expect it to be somewhere in the range of five hundred to a thousand. So you don't want to draw up a you don't want to draw up a three or four hundred dollar ticket in something like this. I mean. Maybe get get with some friends and play it for sixty, seventy dollars a piece. Uh, when then, my ride or die hits, we'll see. When my rider I can't I keep using when I die like I'm like I'm young, right? Afraid to ride or die, but Well uh, yeah. Well here, here's, the, huh? here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now you you get down to this let's just say your ticket gets down to race number seven and you like Jack Van Berg, he goes off three to one. You gotta you gotta play a win bet on it. You got oh, to. at the right price, yeah, three to one. I would definitely yes. Yeah, I'm not gonna. To. I'm working Friday. I'll bet. I'll send this in. But if I if I got if I if I got off work and saw Jack Van Berg's go off three to one, yeah, I'd bet him at three to one without question. Or, yeah, because you can't walk away and, and have your top pick, you know, win, and then you don't have anything to to, to you don't have anything on him. Right. And you lose your pick five anyway. So you wanna you wanna try to hammer your top opinion. Same way with the. If your ticket's dead going in the last race, you need to bet you bet La Bella Rosa to win. If the, if the odds are worthwhile, yeah. If at twelve to one, I, I think the horse will be made eight or nine to one. But I would say eight or nine to one is fair from fair value what I expect from the horse. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll probably just play this because again, Ellis has been a little disappointing. I'd be happy to get this pick five in, but you're right. If I uh, if those two horses got overlaid, because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to a lot of times is overlays. And what you expect your horses to go off at. If I got overlays on those horses, I'd probably put a win bet on, I'm sure. All right. Well, that's it. We hope uh, somebody cashes something. Yeah, let us know if you guys hit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope it's me because I need the money. As you, <laughs> um, I owe my bookie and uh, a few other people, so I have to take care of them. They have, I got a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, don't, but, I don't want you getting your knees broke. Right, exactly. They're, they're, they don't work already. But uh, all right, anything else you want to add before we sign? No, we just wanted to cover a little bit else. We've kind of neglected it a little bit, but we're gonna be back with some other stuff in the very, very near future. But we thought we'd give Ellis a little love and take a look at that pick five. Carryovers excite people, even if it's at Ellis. Absolutely. All right, that's it. That's it for now. On behalf of Alan Schneider, this is CC Broadus signing off and reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.